It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. For weeks now, truckers in Canada have been protesting vaccine mandates and government pandemic policies they think have disproportionately affected them. Uh, interesting to note, uh, 90% of those uh, protesting are actually vaccinated. The protest has blocked streets and bridges, of course, and impacted the supply chain here in the U.S. But now Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has taken action to end the blockade. And how he's doing that has raised some eyebrows, to say the least, especially when it comes to those little pesky things like free speech and the right to protest. It brings up the question of how do you best balance the priorities while addressing people's real deep-seated concerns? Uh, Those concerns don't seem to be going away. And so I want to break this down just a little bit in terms of what Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau did uh, in invoking these emergency uh, powers that uh, he can now use. Uh, let's start with the prime minister himself. Again, this is Justin Trudeau of Canada announcing that he is invoking for the first time Canada's Emergencies Act. The federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. Now, that does sound quite reasonable and rational, saying that these emergency powers will be time-limited, geographically targeted, reasonable, and proportionate. Uh, that that sounds good. I don't think anybody uh, had major heartburn over that. He did spend a little bit of time explaining what the Emergency Act was going to do and what it was not going to be used for. We're not using the Emergencies Act to call in the military. We're not suspending fundamental rights or overriding the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We are not limiting people's freedom of speech. We are not limiting freedom of peaceful assembly. We are not preventing people from exercising their right to protest legally. Again, that also sounds good. But here's where it starts to get a little bit dicey for the prime minister and where many of the eyebrows have been raised. So while he said this was not about limiting free speech, was not limiting uh, freedom of peaceful assembly, it wasn't preventing people from exercising their right to protest. Then he handed the microphone over to Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister uh, Christia Freeland, who started to say what they would actually start to do under the scope of the act actions taken towards those who were protesting or who were part of these blockades, Uh, talking about how Canada's federal government uh, will actually broaden and use its anti-terrorist financing laws for some very specific purposes. The government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act 
authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. So the government has authorized financial institutions to cease providing services. I'm assuming that includes access to your accounts services uh, for individuals and for corporate accounts that they deem may have some connection to the blockades or the occupations or the protests. Now, Deputy Prime Minister Freeland continued And this is really important, saying that the government and banks will be able to share information to stop the blockade. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other financial service providers to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades. Okay, that's where it uh, gets a little tricky in my book. So saying that the banks and financial services uh, can immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order, so they can do that just on their own, that they will also be protected, those banks and financial institutions, that if they did uh, decide to block someone or freeze someone's account, uh, they would be protected against any liability, any civil liability, as long as they took action in good faith. Pretty broad uh, brush there. Uh, They also said that the federal government institutions now have authority to share relevant information with banks to ensure they can work together uh, in targeting uh, some of those who are part of uh, these protests and this ongoing blockade. Uh, And so to me, that's where things get very slippery very quickly as it relates to these emergency powers. Uh, If a bank can target someone, uh, what, what is the criteria? It just has to be good faith. That makes me worry. What if uh, what if you had a uh, let's say it's a, an older woman who baked some uh, biscuits for the morning and decided that some of those uh, out there in the protests uh, could use a biscuit and she provides biscuits uh, to several of the protesters. Could she be targeted under that definition? Is she is aiding or helping in any way? Can can her personal information be transferred from the government to a banking institution to say Hey, Grandma Jones over there has been, uh, you know, taking some some biscuits and maybe even some Canadian bacon uh, to the protesters. Uh, there's a whole host of things that just uh, get really tricky really fast. And uh, it's surprising to me that uh, the prime minister went this far and that he authorized uh, under uh, these emer- this emergency act uh, so much that could be targeted to individuals and to organizations, by the way. Uh, in terms of what they could or couldn't do as it relates to uh, helping end these protests and uh, open up these places where the blockades have been. And so that's, to me, just very interesting territory for Canada, of all places, to be going. Uh, Remember, the Emergencies Act has never been invoked. 
And uh, I do think it is a good thing that it is time-bound. I think it has a 30-day window that the prime minister can use that. And if not, it would have to, I think, go to the House of Commons and to the Senate uh, for uh, anything to change there or to be extended beyond that. So I think those are all really crucial and very interesting things. We'll continue to keep our eye north of the border and the impact that has on us here at home as well. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.